Welcome back to our weekly Tanya class. Mondays, 11 o'clock, just in case anyone out in the internet world wants to join us in real life. 11 o'clock at Chabad of the Five Towns. And we just finished chapter two. Before we started the recording, there was some intense discussion about some, some stuff from chapter two. So before we jump into chapter three, let's do like really rapid fire. Um, can we tie up some loose ends about chapter two? Okay. What, what did we want to talk about ch from chapter two? You want to start? No, I don't want to start. I'm not, I don't want to make problems. I don't have any problem. I'm done with chapter two. I'm satisfied. I'm ready to move on until the next time I learn Tanya. See, that's one of the things, is you have to know you're going to learn Tanya multiple times, so whatever you didn't understand this time around, you'll, maybe you'll get it next time around. Anyone want to talk about chapter two? Now that you're on the spot, now we're recording. Feels different, doesn't it? What, review? Okay, fine. So chapter two, we, int we introduced the second soul. The second soul is the Chelek Elekami Mal. And the Alter Rebbe adds the word mamish. I say he adds the word because chilek mal is a uh, turn of phrase from scripture. It's from the book of Job. And uh, it's generally used not just in Chassidus, but uh, elsewhere in Pinimiya Satoira to describe the soul. And the Alter Rebbe adds the word mamish, which means literally, but also means even in a state of mamoshus, even in the physical body, it is a veritable part of God himself. We gave a couple of metaphors to describe what that means. We gave the metaphor of the breath that comes from deep within as opposed to speech. And we gave the metaphor of the father's brain, which becomes his uh, genetic material, which is passed on and transmits his essence to his child, which is present within all parts of the child, from the child's brain to the child's toenails and that this is a metaphor for the Jewish people, which also helps us to understand why we see different levels of Jews, even though, talking about different levels of spiritual capacities of Jews, even though they are all of the same exact essence. And we spoke about the role of the tzaddik as a way to reconnect to your own pristine source. That was chapter 2. Sounds so simple when I summarize it like that, right? Like all the problems went away. There's a fist fight almost about to break out before we started <laughs> recording. You want to you want to make any trouble, or we should uh, just roll? We're good. We're good. Okay, fine. We'll get it next time. Don't worry. We're gonna get. All right. Pedagemol, chapter 3. So now we're going to zoom in a little bit on this nefesh, this soul. The word soul is so unhelpful. What's a soul? Whenever you say the word soul, I, I, I imagine that people imagine a little Casper the ghost. Mm -hmm. Remember Casper the ghost? Yeah. yeah? <laughs> I think of food. You, you think soul of food. Oh, soul food. Okay. <laughs> Why not soul power? Okay, soul brother. Anyways, um, when people think of the word soul, what does that mean even? It's just like this sort of, this amorphous blob. <laughs> but in truth, the soul has an anatomy, which is 
complex, and we're going to study the anatomy of the soul. So let's, let's jump in. We're going to open up the hood and take a look at the, uh, what's going on inside, the mechanics of the soul. So, Peregimel, chapter 3. These three levels, Nefesh, Ruch, and Neshama, which are the levels of the soul, which we were speaking about in chapter 2, we said that there are different spiritual levels of Jews, but they all are composed of, or they comprise, ten Bechinois, qualities. Translate Bechinois as qualities. Ten qualities. What are these ten qualities? Well, they correspond to another concept we should probably be aware of as stu- students of Kabbalah. Ten qualities of the soul which correspond to the ten spheroids. I won't attempt to translate the word sphero. From which they derive. From which they derive. That's probably one of the most important and often quoted words or phrases in Tanya. From which they derive, or from whence they derive. Probably in Lakute Sichas, in the Rebbe Sichas, I would say Peregimel, is probably up there with, in the, I would guess, in the top three most cited Tanya quotes in Lakute Sichas, because it's basically the the paradigm for the entire concept that whatever exists in spiritual realms will rearticulate itself in the material world. <clears throat> so, in fact, right here we're not even talking about the material world. <laughs> we didn't get we didn't even get to that point. Right here we're talking about two levels within the spiritual: Hashem's spherois, which we haven't yet translated the word sphero, and the souls, what we're calling right now bechinais or qualities, what we're about to call koichais or capacities. In other words, Hashem relates to His world through ten, call them. I hate this clumsy definition, but emanations, ten representations, ten contexts, known as Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gvurit, Tferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesod, Malchus. And in turn, the soul has imprinted within it that exact same pattern or structure and has the identical capacities on its level. The same exact ten qualities. Except when we talk about Hashem, they're called ten spheroids. That's why he calls them spheroids alyoinos. Alyoinos means up there, meaning talking about Hashem. And then when they're in the soul, they're called koichos. He didn't call them koichos yet. He called them bechinos or qualities. But that's, that's what we call them. We call them koichos. Koichos and nefesh. Soul powers. Not like James Brown's soul power. Soul powers, capacities, potentials. Kayach means power, capacity, or potential. Okay? So far, so good? Okay. And these ten 
soul capacities are divided into two general categories. We could get more micro than that, but two general categories. Shehain, which are Shalosh Imais, the three mothers, Vesheva Kfulais, and the seven doubles. The three mothers and the seven doubles. This is Kabbalistic talk. This is from Sefer Yitzira. Everybody knows Sefer Yitzira, right? How can you make a golem without Sefer Yitzira? How can you have an odd number of doubles? Because each one is double. The three mothers and the seven doubles is Sefer Yitzira talk, but basically he's going to explain what that means in our uh, context. Pirosh, the explanation of that is Chochma bin Adas. The three mothers are Chochma bin Adas, the three intellectual capacities. Veshivas Yemea Binyan. And the seven doubles are also called the seven days of creation. Chesed Gvurit Tiferes Chulu. Chesed Gvurit Tiferes etc. Why does he say Chesed Gvurit Tiferes etc.? Chesed Gvurit Tiferes are the three axes. Chesed is the right, Gvurit is the left, Tiferes is the middle. So there you have the three emotional axes, and everything else is a derivative thereof. That's why it says etc. But let me back up. Why are, why are the three why are the three intellectual qualities of Chesed of of bin Adas called the three mothers, and why are the seven emotional faculties called the doubles or the days of creation? I know there's a lot of expressions being thrown around right now, but there a lot of them are synonymous expressions. So let's. I wish I had a like a blackboard. Ten spheroids from which are derived ten soul powers, which are then in turn divided into two general categories. The first general category are the cognitive functions or capacities, which are namely Chochma, Bina, Das. We're going to talk a little bit about what the difference is between them in a minute. But you have Chochma bin Adas. Those are the three intellectual faculties or cognitive faculties, which are also known as the mothers. Why are they known as the mothers? As we're about to say, because they give birth. What does intellect give birth to? Emotions. Very important information for later in the book. Remember, we're in the informational chapters right now. We're learning anatomy. We're learning gross anatomy at medical school right now. You're not treating patients yet. We don't know how to do that yet. We're learning, learning the, the makeup. But later on, when we start getting into the practical instructional stuff, it's going to be really important to know where emotions come from. For instance, if you want to start creating more love of God or fear of God and having less of love of things that aren't God and fear of things that aren't God, well, how are you going to change your emotions? You've got to know where emotions come from. You've got to know how babies are made. So emotions are called the babies of the intellect, yeah. So in other words, the Chabad is three mothers? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Now if you get more micro than that, Chochma is the father, Bina is the mother, and Das is the intimate bond between the two. But if you call them as a general category, they're all called mothers. We overgeneralize calling them all mothers. 
So you have that first category. The second category are the seven emotions, and they're called the doubles. Why are they called doubles? Because they exist in two states, hysterical emotions and mindful emotions. So depending, we all know that emotions are born from intellect. We just said that. But depending on whether or not those emotions are guided by intellect or the, or if the children are now running the house, the emotions can either be in a state of chazek or rafe, strong or weak. Strong is hysterical. And uh, I should act, actually, we should stop using the word hysterical because it's actually a, a, a misogynistic term. Do you know that? We should stop using it. Yeah, yeah. Hysterical means of the uterus. Because it was thought that, that women can't control their emotions. And hysteria, yeah. They would give hysterectomies to control that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's actually a sexist term. We shouldn't use it. Um, so I'm going to stop, I'm going to endeavor to stop using that word. Especially with women. It's for myself. It's not for you. And I'm trying to be, and I'm trying to be polite. I think it's an incorrect word, and it's not a helpful word. Um, so let's call it It's more than that, that, yeah, but it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, out of control, yeah, I, I mean, I, may, I wish there were a more elegant word, but out of control, yeah. When the emotions are out of control, when they're running away with themselves, so they're no longer guided by the intellect, and that's called chazok, and then when they remain tempered by the intellect, then they're called rafe. So that's why they're called doubles. Also, um... They're called the seven days of creation because, think about emotions. Emotions are a bridge between you and the other. You can sit and intellectualize by yourself. In fact, people who are very introverted or even to a, introverted to an extreme state what are they doing is essentially living in their own mind. Emotions, by definition though, are a relationship. So like intellect is insular <clears throat> and um, emotions are bridges to the other. That's what emotions are. They, they, they compel you to relate to something outside of yourself. Yeah? Mindful. Mindful. Yeah, yeah. So emotions are always bridges. Emotions are always about connecting to something outside of yourself. And when we're talking about them existing in two states, so how are you relating to that which is outside of yourself? In a mindful way or in a overly dramatic way? But all emotions are about relating to that which is outside of yourself. That's why we call them the seven days of building, because when Hashem is relating to his creation, he's expressing his emotions. And on the seven days of creation, different emotional attributes were emphasized on each day. So, for instance, on the first day of creation, 
light was created, and that was a manifestation of divine chesed, of kindness. And on the second day, God created the firmament, the separation between the waters. Separation is a function of gvura, of divine restraint. And on the third day, the dry land was separated from the water. That's tiferes, which is balance or harmonization. And so on and so forth, until you get to malchus, which is Shabbos, which is tranquility. So, we, at any rate, just, I don't want to lose the thread. We have ten spheroids, which are ten ways Hashem, ten ways that the infinite relates to the finite. Those ten qualities are then re-articulated in the soul as ten soul powers. Those ten soul powers are further subdivided into two general categories. The first category are the cognitive functions. How many of them are there? Three, namely Chochma, Bina, Das, which are called as a group the mothers, and then you have, well, if there's three in the first category, how many, ca- how many are in the second category? Seven. Seven, which are known as the doubles, or as the days of creation. Emotions, which are the emotions. Very good, okay. So let's continue here. So in the person, you have the same divisions, and we refer to them as seichel, the intellect, and midais, the emotions. Now let's get particular. The intellectual capacities are known as chachma, Bina and Das. We translate them as the official translations are wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Don't do that. Do yourself a favor. Don't write that. Those translations are not helpful. They're not helpful. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk about their functions, and it's much better not to try to translate them word for word in English. And then what are the seven emotions? Avas Hashem, love of God, Ufachdoi, Vyirosei, and the dread and awe of God. Those are not negative things, by the way. Ulafarai Chulu, and to glorify Him. Basically, Chesed, Gvura, and Tiferes, right there. So let's talk about the intellectual capacities. Vachachma, Bina, Das, Nikru, Imais, are called mothers and the source of the emotions because emotions are the children of Chabad. We mentioned that earlier. So you have the mothers, which are the intellectual faculties, which give birth to the emotions, which are the Children. Ubira Inyan, an explanation of the matter. Kihine. Hasekel Shubenefisha Maskela Shehu Maskel Koldavar. When the soul's intellect 
is intellectualizing. Nikra b'shem chokma k'yachma. That first stage is called chokma, which can be broken down. The word chokma can be broken down into the two words k'yachma, the power of what? What means the X factor, the unknown, the potential. In other words, innovation, invention, creative thinking that seemingly comes from nowhere. Because if Chochmah is the initial phase, there's anything, anything before Chochmah is off the charts. They say Thomas Edison, the way he'd come up with new ideas, is <clears throat> he would doze off in a rocking chair while holding ball bearings with a steel bedpan next to him. And when he would start to fall asleep, his hand would loosen and the ball bearings would fall and they would hit the steel bedpan and they would make a clang and startle him from his, his uh, dremel, from his, <laughs> his little uh, half-dream state. And when he would jolt to consciousness, he would sometimes have brand new ideas. Right? So where do these ideas come from? I don't know, they just come to me. Just... Hashem, put it in my head. So Chochmah is the initial phase. Anything before Chochmah is like precognitive. It's a supraconsciousness. It's not something that would, we would call intellectual anymore. It's just too rarefied to even be, be referred to as intellect. So the first phase of intellect that we are conscious of is called Chochmah. And that's where the idea hits you, like sometimes it's called Boraka Mavrik. It hits you like a lightning flash. Now the thing is, Chochmah hits you like a lightning flash, and if you don't hold on to it, you'll lose it very quickly. Oh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? What was I? Oh, if it's important, you'll remember later. Not true. Sometimes it's important, and you don't remember later. <laughs> Sorry to keep you up at night. But... <clears throat> If Chochmah doesn't meet Bina, it will be lost. Bina, what we're about to explain, is elaborative thought. So Chochmah is the initial flash of the idea. Boom! Brand new idea. But Bina is elaborative thought. Let's, uh, let's take a look here. When the Potential is actualized, meaning when the abstract new idea becomes articulated internally, I'm speaking about. When you meditate on the idea, to understand it properly, and its depth. When you're trying to understand one thing from another, or what we call extrapolation, when you take, you know, there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who can extrapolate from incomplete data. It was one of my best jokes. It works. It works. There are two kinds of people in the world. Those who can extrapolate from incomplete data. You get it? And those who can't. So Bina is extrapolating, taking one piece of information that you learned and allowing that to lead you to a new insight that's not really a new insight because it was really latent within the previous insight, but it needed to be articulated. 
So, yeah, let, let's back up. When he brings out the potential into actualization, when he's trying to understand the thing to its fullness and its depth, He's trying to pull out one idea from the previous idea. Nikra Bina, that's called Bina. And now the next statement's not going to surprise you because I just described the relationship between Chachma and Bina as this tiny little germ of thought that's easily lost. That's Chachma. And Bina as the elaborative form within which that tiny little germ gets developed and articulated into something complete that won't be lost. So it won't shock you if I tell you now, Vehain Hain, these two Chachma and Bina are called of the aim, father and mother. They're called father and mother. He's like the tiny little genetic code that the father contributes, and she's like the womb in which that is turned into a whole baby. And when Chachma and Bina get together, of course we're talking about the Chachma and Bina of the Nefesh Elikis right now, don't, don't forget. So since we're talking about the Nefesh Elikis, what is it, what ideas is it processing? Ideas about Hashem. Ideas about Hashem, because that's all it understands and all, that's all it cares about. So it's processing ideas about Hashem and then when it processes those ideas about Hashem, it leads to emotions about Hashem, namely love of Hashem and awe of Hashem and dread. So what we've described here, as far as the inner mechanics or inner workings of the godly soul, now what are the inner mechanics, inner workings of the animal soul? You'll find out in chapter 6. But right now we're continuing from chapter 2 where we introduced the godly soul. So we're talking about the inner workings of the, of the godly soul. So we're saying it has 10 bechinois qualities called koichois capacities which are manifestations of the 10 spheres halyones, Hashem's supernal emanations. They are broken down into two categories, 3 and 7. The cognitive and the emotional and the relationship between the cognitive and emotional is that of parents and children. And specifically within the parents, you have a father and you have a mother. The father is Chochma, which introduces the initial inspiration. Bina is the meditative or contemplative or elaborative thought which fleshes out the initial inspiration into a more developed train of thought. And then between the two, they give birth to emotion. Okay? So far, so good? And all three are the mothers. Collectively, we refer to them all as mothers. But more specifically, Chochmah is the father and Bina is the mother. Yeah. What are you describing Das? What am I going to describe Das? That is such a good... Oh, did I ever hear this? No. I tried to pull fast one on you and ignore Das because the Alter Rebbe talks about it at the end of the chapter. <laughs> and you were like, what, what? Did he say Das? He didn't say Das. And you're right. I didn't say Das. I said Chochmah is the father. I said Bina is the mother. I didn't say what Das was. It's at the end of the chapter. Let's see if we can get there. Okay. Good. Very good question. Okay. <clears throat> 
כי השכל שבנפש המשכלס, כשמסבן אינו מעמיק מעיד בגדולת השם, when the soul, when the thinking soul meditates on the greatness of God. What's it going to think about the greatness of God? Well, for instance, how he fills all worlds. These are standard concepts to think about when you think about the greatness of God. How he fills all worlds, meaning he permeates all existence. This saved Kalalman, and he transcends all existence simultaneously. He's both imminent and transcendent. He's in everything and yet cannot be contained by it, and he is beyond everything. And everything before him is as insignificant because he is infinite, and everything before him is incomparable. So when you start thinking about these things, you start processing this information through your Chochmah and your Bina. What's going to happen when you have a mommy and you have a daddy and they get together? What's going to happen? You're going to start to have babies, so what happens? It literally uses the word nolda. It's born. It is born and aroused a, an emotion of awe of the greatness of God in his mind and in his thought. To be in awe of and to be ashamed before. I know the word shame can have negative connotations. Here it is appropriate shame, not inappropriate shame. We could have a whole class talking about the difference between healthy shame and toxic shame. But let, suffice it to say, in chapter 27, we will talk all about toxic shame and how to get rid of it. But right now we're talking about healthy shame, appropriate shame. And he will feel the dread of God in his heart. Again, that's not a negative thing. I know sometimes we get triggered by words like that. But what do you want to be in dread of? People, places, and things? <laughs> or the one who's actually in charge of it all? So, don't worry, we love Hashem too. It's a, it's a full palette of emotions. At any rate, he's describing the mechanics of the godly soul running a concept through Chochman Bina and coming out with emotional children, namely the awe of God and the love of God. But we're, we're mid-process right now. He only described the awe part of it. He only described the awe vector. Vashuv, and then he's telling like a little story, a little narrative about a person meditating. Vashuv, Yislav, Libay, Ba'ava, Azakish, Biesh. And then his soul will ignite with powerful love for God, like a glowing coal. Bechshikov, Echfitzov, Echokov, Enafashekako, with yearning and pining and longing and a longing soul, the Gdullah Saints of Baruchu, for the greatness of the infinite God. That's called expiration of the soul. My soul yearned for you. And it says, My soul thirsts for God. It says, My soul thirsts for you. This thirst, whom you say, is from the 
element of fire in the godly soul. Remember at the end of chapter 1, we spoke about the four elements in the animal soul? Okay, now we're talking about the four elements in the godly soul, or at least one of them. The element of fire in the godly soul. Like the Tivim. You know what the Tivim are? Naturalists. They're like scientists of that day. Yeah, Tava. Malash and Tava. Tivim, Malash and Tava. Yeah, uh, scientists, philosophers. The Cain who beats Chaim, and it's also in Eitz Chaim. So if you want to take a philosophical source, we've got a philosophical source. If you want a Kabbalistic source, the Eitz Chaim is the Kabbalistic source. She has said the Eish who believe that the foundation of fire is in the heart. And the source of the elemental water is in the brain. In other words, the coolness is in the brain. The passion is in the heart. Like it says, that the elemental water in the brain is also called which is um, the water of the godly soul. At any rate, we're describing a process whereby the godly soul is processing godly information intellectually and then coming to an emotional conclusion of awe and love of God. Now, he only gave us illustrations of awe and love. So he says, Ushoda this kulon, all the other midais, hein, anfe say hen are branches of awe and love and their derivatives, like it's written elsewhere. In other words, we only told, you remember like before when we said chesed, gvur, etc. And I told you it's because once you have the basic structure set up, the right, the left, and uh, the center, so then everything else you can uh, fit into that, into that structure. So we, he gave examples of of awe of God and, 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 and love of God, and then everything else sort of fits into that structure. Um, and that is how it works. Now, Das. Das. We didn't really address Das. So let's do that. Sort of skipped it over. So, Vahadas. What's Das? He didn't tell me what Das is. Because he told me there are three intellectual faculties, and you told me that Chochmah is the father, and you told me that Bina is the mother. What's this third intellectual faculty? Das is funny. Das is funny. Um, you know, in Chabad, we always use the Arizal's configuration of the Sphirois, but a lot of other Kabbalah has a different setup where Das is not even one of the Sphirois. They have Kesser instead, and so they don't have Das. Um, das is a funny Sphira. A funny sphere and a funny koyachanafish. Das is more of a relationship between two entities than an entity unto itself. 
So Chochmah is an entity unto itself. Bina is an entity unto itself. Das is like the relationship between those two entities. And in, in, in the metaphorical sense, we would, we would even refer to it as, if we're using the metaphor of biological reproduction of a father and a mother, then, then Das would be the intimate relationship between the father and the mother. But let's, let's look inside. No, the emotions are the offspring. Das is one of the parents. Das is one of the three. We said there are three parents. No, no, it's not the offspring. The emotions are the offspring. Das is up there with the, the, the three emotes, the three mothers, the three intellectual faculties. So I know in particular, Chochmah is the father, Bina is the mother. What's Das? It's not a third parent. Das is the relationship or the intimate relationship between the two parents that enables them to have children. What's its purpose? What's its purpose? So that the parents have children. You can have parents, but they don't have children. They're potentially parents, but they don't have children. And he's going to describe that. You can have somebody with fully functional Chochman Bina. Meaning he knows a lot of cool stuff about God and he could even explain it to himself really well and he doesn't have love or awe. It didn't come to an emotional takeaway yet. And the only thing that's missing is Das. Which he's going to explain in a second. Let, let's look inside. okay? Rather than guessing what it's going to say. Das, you know the first time we see that word in the Bible? And Adam knew Eve. It doesn't mean he could pick her out of a lineup. I'm sure he could have picked her out of a lineup because she was the only woman in the world. Yes, officer, that woman. That's the one I saw. He knew her means he knew her biblically. People don't even know what that expression means anymore. <laughs> He knew her in the biblical sense. That's where that expression comes from. Adam knew Eve means, it says Adam knew Eve and had children. He knew her, meaning he was intimate with her. Das means connection and bonding. Now, in the sense of... Uh, of intellect, what does that mean? It means that he affixes his, his mind with a powerful and strong connection to the subject matter. He affixes his thought strongly to the subject of the greatness of the infinite and he doesn't avert his attention. So if Chochmah is innovative thought and Bina is elaborative thought, Das means focus, 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 focus. It's always what I demand from students. That's why I go crazy when people go, you know, start giggling about the lights, like 
Focus. If we're learning properly, nothing should distract us. Focus. Focus, focus, focus. And especially today, in our day and age, when we have tiny attention spans and we just want to, you know, click another link. Every five seconds, we want to click another link. We, 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 our appetite for stimulus is just, move, okay, move on, okay, I got the point, right? And, and you can't rush the process. You can't rush the process. You need focus. We're talking about Chochma and Bina are the mother and the father, or the father and the mother respectively. They're trying to create babies here, okay? There needs to be attention and focus and completely blocking out any distractions. Otherwise, you can engage in all types of pontificating, all types of intellectual uh, exploration, but without that deep attention and focus, it's not going to yield an emotional takeaway. So the class was very interesting and very stimulating, but it didn't change me in here. What was, what was lacking? What was lacking? You had, a, you had a tati, you had a mommy. They're not infertile, but they weren't intimate. They weren't intimate. Why? Because there wasn't that focus. So watch what he says here. It's very startling. Even someone who is a big chochem, he has a lot of chochma, a lot of that faculty of innovation. And he's a novain, he's got a lot of bina, he knows how to elaborate on it and explain it well. So he's very, very knowledgeable about godly stuff. Hine. If he doesn't focus and affix his thoughts powerfully and constantly, asmada means it's from the word tomid, constantly. Constantly. Even though he has lots of chokhmah and bina, he's a real scholar. He's a real scholar. But he, he didn't focus in an attentive Way, he will not give birth to, give birth is the operative word, real awe and love of God. But rather, vain fancies. I don't know how to translate that, vain fancy. I think that's like the Lessons in Tanya translation. But what it means is, he may think he's feeling something, but he's not feeling anything. He may think he got excited for a moment, but he didn't. Because there's no way that Chochman Bina can create real emotional children if you don't have Das, which is focus and devotion and care and connection to the idea. The Alkain, therefore, Hadas Hukimamidis Vachayusan. Das is also referred to as the upkeep 
of the Midas and their vitality. In other words, if you want to maintain emotions about Hashem, you need that ingredient. You need to have the Das. Das combines within it Chesed and Gvura. Pirish Ava Vanfa, which means love and its offshoots, Vyira Vanfa, and all and its offshoots. Das has two channels. In fact, <laughs> has two channels both directions. Because Das is very interesting. Das connects Chochman Bina. I mean, reverse, I'll, I'll reverse it for you guys. I'm doing it in front of me, but I'll flip it and do it. Okay, you have Chochma and Bina. You have Chochma on the right and Bina on the left. So Das is the funnel, so to, so to speak, where the Chochma can go in and the Bina can go in, and Das holds them together. Das is the intimate relationship between the Chochma and the Bina. And then, furthermore, Das splits off into two channels, as we continue down the line, and Das turns the Chochmah and the Bina into emotions, which are Chesed over here and, and, and Gvura over here. Sometimes we refer to it as Das Elyon and Das Tachtain, the higher Das and the lower Das. The higher Das is the connection between Chochmah and Bina, and then the, the, the lower Das is the Das which gives birth to the, the emotions. Another way you might describe it is it's not an emotion, but it's where intellect becomes more than academic and starts to lead into emotion. Maybe call it an opinion. <laughs> right? It's not a feeling, but it's already picking a direction. When you when you have an opinion, that means you've taken a side. Now, it may still just be intellectual. It's not yet that passionate. But you're picking a side. And that's what Das does. And that's why it says Das has two channels. Because it's going to direct the ideas toward emotional targets. Now, ideally, we want to actually have both. Because we want to have both the awe and the love. But the point is that the Das is taking the ideas and orienting them toward emotional outcomes. Yeah. Is it the lower Das that does that split off? Right. So yeah. yeah. I always thought the third leg or the tripod between a husband and wife is Hashem. So you're telling us now that there is other funnels? And that's a different way of looking. You're talking about different models. Right. Well, there are more than one model. So, it's a different model. Don't don't get yourself confused by trying to fit that in with the, another model that you're thinking of. So, where does Hashem come into Tanya? It's all Hashem. Right. So that's where I'm totally confused. Where does Hashem come in? The whole time we've been talking about Hashem. Right. So no, but right. Don't tell me right. Let me ask you a question. When I said before, don't, when I said before that this godly soul is having chokhmah and bina about an idea. What idea was it having Chochmah and Bina about? Do you remember? 
Transcendence and endless. Oh, 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 you, oh, now you're showing off. You're paying attention. Yeah, that's right. Okay, very good. Although, you you reversed it. It was imminent and then transcendent. I got to... Okay. <laughs> the ideas... What were we thinking about? We weren't thinking about the, the new Tesla. It said that the idea that we were chokhmahizing and binaizing was the greatness of the infinite God, namely that he is imminent and transcendent and that everything in front of him is as naught. So the whole thing here is about Hashem. It's a given. What's a given? Hashem. No, no, it's not a given. We're not taking it as a given. We're thinking about it. It's a prerequisite. It's where all your thoughts are directed when you're contemplating Hashem. Right, remember, let me, let me just stop you a second. Remember context. This is chapter 3. We're only talking about the Nefesh Alakis right now. The Nefesh Alakis, the godly soul, what is all of its cognition and all of its emotion oriented toward? Only Hashem. Only Hashem. And that's why it says very clearly, when it is intellectually processing through Chochmah and Bina, it says exactly what it's thinking about. It's thinking about the greatness of God, how He is imminent and transcendent and infinite. The whole thing is, 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 is thinking about Hashem. Yeah? A magnet, um, a bridge, a connector. It's it's a connection. It holds them. It holds them together. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're a little bit over time. A anything else? And then that leads to once it's connected, leads to love and fear. See it. See das holds things together. It holds chacham and bina together. And then it holds both of them together with the emotions. Right. And the two channels. The two channels, the yeah. Two channels, yeah. Is that right and left? Right and left. Okay. Right and left, correct. Yeah. Anything else? Can I just attempt to answer what you were saying? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. So I think you were saying, because of that, when a parent wants to conceive and have a child, they partner up with Hashem. They bring Hashem in their picture. Constant, yeah, he says Hasmada, it's constant, yeah. Exactly, that's precisely what he's saying. Correct. Correct. That's exactly what, that's why he says Hasmada. Hasmada means constant. It's not enough that you understood a concept once. Oh, at one time I went to a class and I understood the concept. That's enough that you have understanding of it, that if somebody comes up to you on the street and says, explain a concept to me, you're able to recall it and explain it. it it's not enough to have an emotion. To have an emotion, you have to be engaged in it actively, constantly, yeah. Yeah? 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 Yeah
Yeah. Not with it. That, that's what it is. Yeah, that is the structure. The chokhmah and bina are not overlays upon the soul. That is the makeup of the soul. Yes, yes, yes. All of these, yes, das is also part of the makeup of the godly soul. Yeah. So why would someone not have Because they're not using it. They're not using it. Okay, excellent. Everyone has das. <laughs> Every, no, they, of course they have das. Their nefesh alakis has das. What we're saying is that he's not using his das. Because his animal soul is taking over. Okay, well, yeah, that, that could be the reason, right? Yeah, that could be the, 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 the reason. But at, at this point, he's not even explaining why it happened. He's just making a statement of fact. He's not using it, yeah. So how does one use that? Focus, focus, focus. We could focus on intellectualizing, but how do you make it a relation? <laughs> That's what we're saying. Stop trying to force the emotion. If you focus on the idea, if you really allow yourself to spend time with the idea, and stop rushing it. Which idea? Well, in this case, which idea? The idea of God. Because we're talking about the godly soul, and the only idea it cares about, like we were discussing before, the only idea that the godly soul cares about is God. So no action necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Just like cognitive overload here. What, what, what are you saying? Chachma and Bina is the intellectualizing of yes. God. Yes. Da'as is focusing on the intellectualizing? Yes. Yes. It is. That's not just more intellectualizing? Well, yeah, the, the way she's asking the question. Why isn't Das just more of the same, just more intellectualizing? And, and that's what he's trying to bring out, or he is bringing out, we're trying to understand. It's not just more intellectualizing. It is... Das is when we're already driving at something. See, Chachma and Bina are okay with being intellectually detached. Independent. Being academic. It's an interesting concept. I, I could talk to you about the idea. It doesn't mean that it's moved me in any deep way. Bertrand Russell was a professor of ethics in the philosophy department at uh, Oxford. And he, he caused a scandal. And he was brought up in front of the ethics review board. And they said, how can we have somebody teaching ethics in the philosophy department who's unethical? And he said that when I taught in Cambridge, I taught geometry, they didn't ask me if I'm a triangle. <laughs> so you could have a lot of chokhmah and bina about godly subjects. You could be a, a professor of Hasidic studies and not have the emotions. So, so das is not just more of the same, which I, I like the way you phrased it. Das is not just more of the same. Das is, the reason it's called intimacy is because it's not just more of the same. Das is take it personally. When I say focus, I don't only mean to, to shut out distractions. What I mean is, you know, it's like... Hold on, just give me, give, me, give me a second here. I see people are getting antsy, and we, and we are over time. But, but listen, you cannot... I'm sorry for the metaphor here, but if you have a husband and a wife... 
you cannot have an intimate evening together when one person is looking at his or her phone. That's it. It's over. It's not intimate. You're looking at your phone. It's not intimate. So what did I do? I just, I just looked at my phone for a second. So when we're talking about focus, we don't just, we don't only mean, you know, keep your mind on the subject. We're talking about the attachment that I'm taking it personally now, that this is important. This isn't just interesting, it's important. So I could process these ideas and understand them well enough to, to teach them, to explain them, but it doesn't mean that I've taken it personally. It doesn't mean that I've allowed myself to connect to it intimately. So when we talk about das, what we're really talking about is, it's not a class anymore, it's not just a subject, it's not just interesting information. I'm, I'm, I'm attached to this. I take it personally. I have a strong opinion about this. this. This is real. This is me. This is my life. And now we're already getting, you see, we're already getting into the world of emotion. So it is, it is much different than just more of the same intellectualizing. It's, a, it's, it's different than the other two intellectual faculties because it's driven toward making it personal, making it, another way to call it is, is making it real. Das means that if you focused on an abstract concept enough that your experience of that thought process is so intense that it's as if you've lived it. One way I might translate Das is to make academic or, or abstract information so real to you that it becomes experiential knowledge. I would call Das experiential knowledge. Like there could be a guy. But that's what we're saying. No, you you don't have to do a physical action. No. What we're saying is you can learn something with such devotion, with such intimate connection, that the study of it has now become a living experience. That's what das means. Yeah. But it feels like the chemistry that exists between Chachma and Bina. It's a living, breathing organism. It's a relationship. I might use the word dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. Right. Which was what, what he implies with the word Hasmada, constancy. It, <clears throat> it's an active relationship, yeah. He call, well, yeah, it's chayus. Yeah, that's what he says. The das is the kima midis, the chayusan, their chayus, their their vitality. Is it assimilation? Is das assimilation? Dissemination? Oh, assimilation? Oh, assimilating the concept? Yeah, yeah, but you could even assimilate on a purely cognitive level. Can you? Yeah, yeah, you could. But this is deep assimilation. Okay, this Thank you. We're all good? Okay, let's 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 stop here. Okay. Okay. Okay.